Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive compulsive, press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press two for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, and six. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press seven and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you're depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Jen, what's going on? Hmm. We've been gone for a while. You've been gone for a while. This is your channel. That's true, but if I'm gone, you're gone. No, I've recorded several things. You have? Uh-huh. On my channel. Oh, you should advertise them. I have somewhat. Not really. <laughs> I, like, recorded them and then deleted them. I didn't. Right. I, I think I'm on... Yeah, I get it. Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'm on whatever street. So. <laughs> yeah, nothing much is new except that looks like people are slowly getting back to work. Um, a lot of people are not following the precautions they should be. Right? It's no use. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Jen's our sound technician today. <laughs> exactly. It's a bunch of BS, baby. But, you know, I continue to wear my mask and... Uh... Wearing masks is not BS. BS is thinking that you don't need to wear a mask because it's to protect other people, not to protect you. Yeah. You're an ass. If you think that protecting others is like weak or something, so you are a say hello to the camera. Hello, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. That is so bad. Be nice. Be nice. You know, they're trying their best. So. You have to be telling them to put their mask on. <laughs> what I love it was when you see the people jogging and are walking together, getting some fresh air, 
and uh, oh, I'm not I'm not going in a store, so I don't need the mask on. You know. I find your lack of faith disturbing. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a really we're almost halfway through 2020. We both had birthdays. We both had birthdays. We haven't been I haven't been recording. It's been one month since we both had our birthday. Yeah, it's been and it flew by. Yeah, it's crazy. The weather's insane. It's hot. It's cold. It's hot. It's cold. It's raining. It's, it's drowning. It's raining. Drowning. There was a flood. And one of the dams broke. I don't know where in the United States, but it's mixing with toxic Michigan. pools. Michigan. Yeah, and it's mixing with toxic chemical pools. So that's, you know, I think it's almost lovely. Like, I think it's almost like higher power saying, you know, chill out, Michiganers. No, I think it's more like we... Because they all showed up, you know... Going into their capital there, their state capital, with their fucking weapons and shit. Oh, yeah. And then, so, it brought up this whole thing about how um, Ronald Reagan, when he was the governor of California, uh, Black Panthers, within their rights at that time to carry firearms, went into the state capital carrying firearms, and he changed the law so that no one could have firearms in the state capitol because a bunch of people who had darker skin were, you know, walking around with firearms. And... What? And now, like, in Michigan, there was a bunch of protesters with firearms yelling in cops' faces. What? And it's just like... What? Exactly. You know? Like, the cops just stood there while these individuals yelled in their face. So they're all stoic like statues and I'm like Like they were what? in the British guard guarding what? the guarding yeah. the palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like are you kidding me? I guarantee you if any of them were brown, they would have choke armed them. Like What's wrong with you? How does that sound for a change? Yeah, exactly. And then the fact of the matter is like just in general so one of the one of the representatives there was nervous to go into work and a bunch of citizens wrote to her and offered to be an armed escort for her and she accepted and these were all black individuals and now there's an interviewer who's off screen because I think she was filming like with her phone or something an interviewer where Interviewer. Oh, interviewer, okay. Yeah, like she went up and interviewed them mm-hmm. and was like, so tell us what your cause is and why you're doing this. No, like, I sound completely white at times because I was raised by two white people mm-hmm. and my English is... Reminds me of a movie I watched last night, so, could... so go ahead. Um, Please remind me. So not to uh, project or anything, but she sounded very Caucasian. And if she's not Caucasian, she sounded very fearful that these black gentlemen had permits to carry firearms and that they were legally carrying firearms. Like, for some reason, they shouldn't 
be allowed to legally carry firearms. It's like, really? Yeah, right. Really? Because, like, even in law enforcement, there's been guys, there's been perpetrators who gun down other officers, but they're Caucasian, and they get taken without the cops firing a single bullet. I'm sorry, but somebody needs to fucking relearn and retrain that you don't shoot anybody. Not not just if their skin color is darker than yours, and that's even darker law enforcement. Like, it's everybody in law enforcement. It's everybody. No. Like, there are good cops, and there are bad cops. Yeah, we gotta weed out the racist pigs. The thing is... Period. I do not support bad law enforcement. I don't care if you're higher up in federal or if you're state. If you're a bad person, you should not have power. That is Congress, that is president, that is any sort of... Yeah. Any sort of higher power who's a bad person, who's racist. Anything like that. You know? Anything like that would work. <laughs> so this this story you're relating that was back in Reagan times. Yes. Yeah, so so the Michigan the thing. Okay. So that so, triggered like, you to tell me this. Tell well, the this Michigan story. thing. It's like synonymous, and it's synonymous, okay. Synonymous. You know, like. And it was okay. Yeah. In a way, it just like. Like it's okay. They were most of the people in that protest, as yeah. far as I saw from the clips I saw, they were all Caucasian. Well, finally, and they were allowed to have automatic right rifles. Right. Well, finally, I don't know if you know this part. Finally, the Michigan uh, governor—I don't know her name—she uh, finally did put out a statement saying, "If that ever happens again, we're going to get out the national." But it's just, it's just, it just shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it shouldn't just be, it should not be happening in 2020. I mean, it, it's not 1980, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the, f- it's But just, the thing is, we never talk about it. It's one of the unspoken things that you don't talk about at dinner. You don't talk about politics, you don't talk about science, you don't talk about religion, and you don't talk about racism. Nah, it's bullshit. You know what, though? This reminds me of, um... I caught a Spike Lee joint last night. Black KK Klansman. Yeah. What an excellent movie. That was funny. And he actually got sent a card, and I saw like an interview with him with with both of them. The one who actually went in person. Right. And the the one who actually got the invite to go in person, but he couldn't go in person because he was a black investigator. Well, all right. Let me uh, let. Let me give a quick synopsis. The Spike Lee was written, directed by Spike Lee, um, called um, uh, Black K K Klansman. It's kind of a comedy drama, but it's a serious. It's a serious film. Uh, it had more serious stuff in it than it did comedy, but it was a great mix. Basically, in a nutshell, uh, an African American uh, guy worked his way up. He wanted to be a cop. He ended up being an undercover detective, and uh, out of the blue, he just calls the, uh, it was Colorado Springs, Colorado, out of the blue, he Son just, of a bitch. yeah, out of the blue, he just calls the, the clan chapter for them, and he, 
he's an articulate gentleman and he can speak like uh, Jenna was saying earlier, white, you know, and he can also speak jive as he put it in the movie. So basically an intelligent person. Okay. Um, it was just a good, great story. So since he's black, of course he can't, he infiltrated the KKK with his partner who was a tall white Jewish gentleman. <laughs> I did not know that part. Yeah, it was there were some intense <laughs> there were some intense scenes because there was a, a a dude in there who was the underling of the chapter president who was you know, he was overly the top. Like he forced the guy down in the basement. Tried to give him a lie detector test because he said, I smell Jew. You look like a Jew, you know. And he was. And the whole time you're like, oh, fuck, this guy's going to get killed. So that, that, that's the story. I mean, he was an African-American detective, infiltrated the KKK, sent his partner in as him, the white guy. And they worked together on this case. And it went all the way up to the very top. And in fact, it, it went up to the very top... To uh, what's his name? That that scumbag Duke. Oh yeah. Actually came out to the chapter to initiate as the president, the detective, the white detective. Um, the ending was the best part when he actually called David Duke. When they were taking off the case and it was all done with. Um, there was a bombing involved. You have to watch the movie, but. They're all crowded around, like the the, the African American uh, dude who's the detective, his partner, their captain. They're all crowded around the guy, and he's calling David Duke again. <laughs> David Duke still didn't know that he was the dude that he originally talked to, and talked to all along on the phone. <laughs> And he's, uh, oh, he just got his jabs in. Well, I guess you didn't know. I I am that jab motherfucker, because I am a nigger like you say I am, motherfucker. And he hung up on him. And, they, you know, they just show a shot of David Duke. Like, his jaw's, like, hitting the fucking desk. So, so what's the name of it? Black K.K. Klansman, like one word. I immediately wanted to watch it with you when I when I watched the whole thing, but it, you know it brought me to tears. I mean, just horrible, horrible. Oh here, people. here, here, here. Horrible people. So this is like a year ago after the movie came out. They interviewed the cop, and he still has the membership card. card. Yeah, don't play that though. I'm not gonna play it. I'm gonna watch it later. See if they have the phone scene. Ending phone scene. Like that, you know? And uh, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So, uh, gentlemen, we're going to play a clip from, uh, uh, what you call it, Black, Black K.K. Klansman. It was a 2018 movie. This is the pivotal ending scene that's so joyous, and, and it's called The Real... Ron Starworth 
seen. So Ron Starworth was the African-American detective who started all this. And he's actually on the phone in this scene with David Duke, the grand freaking wizard, who still, by the way, is around today. And uh, please, nobody vote for him. But uh, go ahead. Uh, so this is on YouTube under movie clips by Fandango, it looks like. I'm so sorry we didn't get to spend more one-on-one time together. Well, that was a, just a tragedy. I just met those heroic brothers in the cause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the chapter's just shaking at the core. Uh, yeah. And poor Connie, right? I mean, not only does she lose her husband, but... She's looking at serious prison time. My God. And there was that... Episode 10, Part 2, coming right up. Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive-compulsive, press 1 repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press 2 for you. If you have multiple personalities, press 3, 4, 5, and 6. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press 7 and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you're depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press. No. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Jungle Bunny, Mississippi Wind Chime, Wind Detective, 
is Ron Stallworth, you racist, peckerwood, redneck, inch, worm, needle dick, motherfucker. I'll be here all week. Spike Lee. He just, he just succinctly and intelligently shows you the ridiculousness of prejudice. Right? Oh, man. Well, the thing about prejudice is it's manufactured. Yeah. It's manufactured to keep people divided so that the 1% or those in charge, wherever they are in the world, keep their power. It's also taught by... It's also taught and ingrained in Southern people who who are still involved with white supremacy, the Klan... I can't believe they fly the southern flag. That was the traitors. Yeah. They weren't. They were seceding from the north. Yeah, I mean, we got to be way, way, way past this by now. It's 2020, people. But we're not because it's we're sw- handed down. Well, somebody got into. It's almost like David Duke got his wish when Trump got in office. He the separation started. And Trump elevated it. He used it to get in. And I don't know if he fucking was cognizant of the fact that he's dividing the nation again. I'm pretty sure he's aware because when he was touring the... um, Oh, yeah, I've seen it all. Yeah, I know. Get him out of here. No, uh, touring the um, Ford factory, he mentioned good blood. No one mentions good bloodlines. The fuck does that even mean? Nothing. It's bullshit. Unless it's an ethnic cleansing type of reference. Where's my fucking soundboard? Hello? Oh, God. Be right back again. I gotta take a break. Frustrate anybody. But he's right. We have to talk about it. It needs to be talked about. Like, not even made fun of or like, oh, that's crazy. Why do they think like that? Like, literally mm-hmm. understand some of these individuals is because they are literally brainwashed. Yeah, it's true. Others of these individuals is because they've been isolated by everybody and they're like, we'll take you in. And they're Part of a group. Brainwashed. Part of a group. Yeah, they want to be accepted. They want to have a sense of belonging. Which I totally get. I mean... But why to that extreme? But it's not to that extreme. It's just someone finally looked at them. Someone finally accepted them. Okay, good. But to me, I can't understand it. You know, it's hard to understand that as as a person. Quote, unquote normal whatever the f that is you know what i'm saying to you like like we can never understand like we can never understand why a serial killer is a serial killer right but we can try to understand like some of these Uh, individuals never had empathy some of them have really shitty home lives some of them have been like abandoned like they're and at what point 
does their mind, and we need to find out at what point does their mind accept? Because for me, it was me. If I needed belonging, all right, and I joined a group that were so hateful towards other people. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be part of that group. The reason is it's not me. Like, as someone who has, who grew up being emotionally abused by her peers, I would defend those who were being picked on when I wasn't being picked on because I knew what it, I didn't like the feeling of no one standing up for me when it was happening to me. And I couldn't stand being a bystander and seeing it happen to somebody else. Now, somebody who doesn't want to be a target is just happy to be on the other side and not be the target. Yeah. You know, it's 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 this whole social survival thing. Like instead of literally trying to survive for our actual lives, we're trying to survive for our social lives. Yeah. And to be accepted and not to be the finally, not to be the end of ridicule or the butt of a joke and stuff. Like that's why for me, I think the best karma is when they have children who fall in love with somebody who is exactly the opposite of what they raised them to fall in love with or um, for them themselves to wake up loving somebody or wanting to be with somebody that they were like their mind breaks it does because they're conditioned they're trained they're like oh I'm gonna be out in the cold again and a lot of it is just like the quote-unquote weirdos or the incels like they have all this pent-up aggression and anger and they want to direct it at somebody and not take responsibility for their own actions. You need to take responsibility for your actions, for your behavior. Right. What are you doing in my swamp? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I know what it's like to be isolated and not to feel a part of a geographical group. Because... I am mixed and I don't know if it's Pennsylvania or New Jersey or if it's even still on the books today but like in the early 2000s it still was on the books where Mm -hmm. the child is whatever the mother is well my biological mother is white therefore I should be classified as white Um, but a lot of people mistake me for Hispanic because my skin isn't as dark as it was when I was little playing out in the sun wait, all the time. Wait, wait, wait. They think you're Hispanic? Yes. They also think I'm either Jewish or Italian. <laughs> like, and then I don't speak fluid Spanish, and I have this proper English. I don't know how to jive. I don't know city slang. I don't know... You don't? I don't. What's up with that? I do not. <laughs> What's up with that? So, I'll meet people and I'll be told, you're too light to be black. And I'll meet other people and they say, well, you're too dark to be white. So you must be Hispanic. And I, when I turned 30, I did 23andMe and Ancestry.com. I have no Spanish blood in me at all. I have 1% native Mm-hmm. to the North and South America. So that encompasses, like, that encompasses all of Canada and all that and all the way down. That's so cool. It's only 1% though. 
But that's as much like quote unquote Hispanic I have. It's like this native North and South America. Right. That co- those continents. So actually, you're you know a preppy. Hey, preppy, what's going on? <laughs> I'm a preppy that can fight. So watch it. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just the fact that I, I think I, I love movies that that educate you, okay? Yeah. And it's a feel-good movie, even though it had terrible things in it, and it makes you think how stupid racism is. Well, I mean, what really is a great thing about the movie for me was that he was the first black cop in that area. And Colorado Springs, yep. In that area. And he had officers who had his back, who found the way that these other individuals treated human beings was so much worse than the fact that he had darker skin. Yep. Oh, shit, that's what's up. So, that's what I liked about it. Like, it could have gone so wrong. He could have answered that ad, and he could have been left out to dry. Like, oh, you have to figure out how you're going to meet him now. Yeah, but they were so progressive and forward-thinking in Colorado Springs. And, you know, it makes me think of another favorite television show that recently was It's Over Now. Lieutenant uh, uh, Kenda. He was a homicide detective from Colorado Springs. He probably knew this guy. Um, so, it's really cool. I just feel like we need, like, we need to, there's a lot Have of a things discussion. that make me uncomfortable. And it's not it's just me. It's not that fact that other people bring it up. I don't have the words or the vocabulary to describe how I'm feeling about certain subjects. Right. But when it comes to, like, how I'm treated about my skin tone and the fact that I'm piercings or the fact that I'm letting my hair grow naturally, like, I got less slack shaving my head completely off yeah. than I do right now with letting it grow naturally. Yes, 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 girl. So, like, it's... And I was raised by an Italian mother who, who she learned how to braid my hair, but she didn't really know how to treat and take care of my hair, which I don't blame her. Like, her hair is completely pinned straight. Well, you think you should... You would learn that since... Okay. No. I just adopted a African-American child. I was mixed. For Christ's sake. And for her, like, hair was hair. She's not a hairstylist. She doesn't know the difference between hairstyles. Um, so I don't really blame her for that. It's definitely... Well, that was some weird shit. Uh, so I'm learning at 32 how to take care of my hair. I what? Mean, when when I was younger, my hair was so thick. What? I got lice and I was unable to get the comb and to get the stuff to my scalp. Oh God! So my dad, I was on my second, going on my second week of missing school because what? 
we I still had it. So my I went outside with my dad and he took the clippers and he shaved it all off. <laughs> and I was sad, but at the same time, once my hair felt like once my scalp felt the breeze on it, it felt so good. And then I just kept on cutting it short. Yeah, I like because it. it was easier to maintain for me. Well, what you don't know is that you're a very beautiful woman, hair or sans hair. So, uh, and I'm like, when I first met you, I was like, "Hello, cutie pie." <laughs> Fortunately, he didn't say that to me. I was like, you know, as soon as I looked at, her, I was like, "Why now? Why now?" Wow. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, he was a little bit of a chicken. <laughs> you were, because I'm Polly and you're not. Uh, he, his way of asking uh, me out was, will you ever be monogamous? That's what he kept on stop asking. Stop whining. Stop whining. I'm not whining. <laughs> you whiner. Come on. <laughs> So it's just something we have to talk about. We have to recognize that, yes, we don't want everybody to be treated differently just based on off of their name or their skin color, but they are. And we need to teach our kids, like, yeah, adults will treat your friend differently because of X, Y, and Z, but you don't have to. need to do is wish that we get back to normal again and everybody's healthy and uh you know i think we had a good show this week it's been two weeks since we had a show so over two weeks. what <laughs> yeah over two weeks we, the first the last one we did was right before our birthdays yeah So now I'm just playing around. I gotta stop here. Thanks for being with us today. And, uh, you know, give us a message. Give us a shout out. Give us something. Let us know you're listening. Give us some comments. I'll leave all kinds of links for you. Uh, we're out. We're out. Right? Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Until next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, season 2, Episode 10. Pretty good one. Uh, the movie Black KKK Klansman is a great movie. Uh, make sure you watch it. Uh, make sure you tune into Gemma Gems. Search her out and her uh, podcast. And thanks for listening. Come on back. Uh, we're going to try to do it every Saturday. If not, we'll do it at least once a week, some day of the week. It doesn't really matter. In the meantime, enjoy these funny things designed to make you laugh and to keep you cheerful during this COVID-19 situation. Peace, love, God bless.
Me starts at seven, so you get there and make coffee.
Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive compulsive, press one repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press two for you. If you have multiple personalities, press three, four, five, and six. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press seven and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully and a small voice will tell you which number to press. If you're depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no one. I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that.